This time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. 16th of August, Saturday. I'm now a fully registered member of Dating for Pros, People Like You, Meeting Me, Meeting You, and Here for You. I was about to sign up with Boys to Men when Bev came back with the coffee and pointed out that it was a gay site, which was a shame as they were by far the most attractive bunch. We flicked through the options. There are an awful lot of available men out there, awful being the appropriate word. We started by agreeing to avoid all those without photos, and we couldn't help wondering whether some of those with photos had made a wise decision. Then we sorted them into those who lived less than 30 miles away and were between 45 and 55. 45? Are you sure, Bev? Isn't that a bit young? At your age, five years is neither here nor there. It's a mere pinprick, she sniggered. <laughs> Although I hope it won't be. Then we got rid of those with unkempt beards and those who were bald on top with long hair at the back. Smokers, those who listed climbing and orienteering as hobbies, those who called themselves strict fundamentalists of any religion, Elton John fans, and one man who said he was looking for a woman who could make apple pie like his ma'am. Not that the ones who were left were much better. I'd like to borrow the mirror that some of them, who describe themselves as attractive, must be using. Add to that the fact that most of them were either overweight or looked as though they might have criminal tendencies, and it wasn't an appetising choice. You can see why they don't have a woman, I said. Honestly, Alice, you're so hard to please. It's OK for you. You've got a nice-looking, kind man to go home to. Bev screwed up her nose. Have you seen Simon recently? He might have been good-looking once upon a time, but he's gone downhill now. Well, haven't we all? Eh, speak for yourself. Now, what's wrong with Christopher here? I looked at his profile. Christopher, 52, single, three-plus children. How can you have three-plus children? Surely you know how many you have, unless he's lost count. Mm, he's probably a drunk or a serial lecher. Nope, not interested in him. OK, Bev sighed. What about Malcolm? 51, single, one child. Does he mean single or does he mean divorced or widowed? He will have a lot of baggage if he's one of the latter. And if he's actually single, why is he? How has he got to this age and never married? What's wrong with him? And the worst ones were the ones who used those silly little face things to show how you're meant to respond to the information they're giving you. I've been alone now for a while, sad face. But I'm ready, eager face, to start having fun, smiley face, with the right lady, coy face. Pfft. I think Bev was getting a bit fed up with me. I spotted her talking to the librarian who was nodding, and then they both looked over at me and shook their heads. By 12.30 I was ready to give up and go home, or better still, to Costa Coffee. I felt I deserved a blueberry muffin after my morning. A stead muffin's what you need, though, Bev said. You really shouldn't give up so easily, agreed Daphne. I wonder if her parents knew she was going to be a librarian when they named her. Honestly, there are some lovely men out there. You just have to persevere. You've met Mr Wright through a website, have you? I asked. Well, no, not yet. I have been rather unfortunate in my choices. The last one was only interested in one thing. Huh. <laughs> 
Typical, Bev said. Well, not really. There can't be that many men who have a passion for rhubarb. Bev said she wasn't letting me go anywhere until I had made email contact with at least one man. Daphne has keys. She will lock us in if she has to. Daphne nodded. I could see they were serious. OK, come on, let's look again. We finally narrowed it down to Richard, solicitor, 55, and Barry, teacher, 47. Daphne thought I should go for Richard, while Bev favoured Barry. He's a PE teacher, bound to be a bit fit, you know what I mean? I've tried to get it into Bev's head that I am not looking for a quickie, as she calls it, but a lasting relationship with a good, honest, reliable, fun, kind, intelligent, romantic, compassionate man. When I said that, she and Daphne looked at each other and shook their heads again, sadly this time. You're going to be disappointed, girl. I have come to the conclusion that you can have all of these qualities in men, Daphne said, but no more than one or two at the very most in any individual man. Brian had most of those qualities. Oh yeah, remind me, was this the Brian who cheated on you with a 28-year-old? I'm not sure that I want to rejoin such a cynical world. I was happy with my life, my marriage, my little island of contentment. I was about to stand up for my ideals when my stomach rumbled loudly, and Daphne suggested we toss a coin. Barry won. Bev and Daphne wrote him a very nice email from me, and now all I have to do is wait for his response. That's a bummer, you know, having a computer, Bev said. It means we'll have to wait until next Saturday for his reply. Oh, I can't come in then. I'll be on my way to Tenby. Ah, shoot. Oh, but you're on holiday now, aren't you? That's brilliant. You can come in each day and check progress. Daphne, you'll be able to help Alice if she gets stuck, won't you? Bev shared a raised eyebrows look of exasperation with Daphne. Oh, yes, I'll be thrilled to help. It's so exciting, isn't it? I'm glad someone is excited. 19th of August, Tuesday. In the garden on the sun lounger. This is the way life should be. Stretched out in the warm sunshine with my book and a drink. Hmm, I can almost forget the real world, and especially the world of internet dating. Barry seems keen, rather too keen in my opinion. Daphne says that's a good thing, but I am not convinced. I suspect he has not had a woman for a long time. He is very eager to meet up, he says. He believes you cannot get to know a person, not really know them, by email. You need face-to-face -face contact for that. And as we live so close, it seems more logical as well. I wrote back saying I thought email was fine for starters. Later. Daphne is a traitor. She told Bev that Barry wanted to meet me and that I refused. Bev is very cross with me. I am very cross with Daphne. Later still. Now I am cross with everyone. Bev told Pippa about Barry and Pippa phoned me to say I must be brave and that I will never get a man if I am a wimp. It is not wimpish to not want to rush into a relationship with a man who uses a computer to meet people. It can't be entirely normal. Pippa and Bev are taking it in turns to harangue me, but I will not be forced into doing something I do not want to do. 20th of August, Wednesday. I'm going to town to buy the essentials Adam will need for university. I must remember to get. 
extra boxes. Five pairs enough? Socks? Seven pairs? Duvet cover and sheet. I think that's all he needs. After shopping. I bought boxes. 21 pairs to keep him going, as I fear trips to the laundrette might be few and far between. Socks. Ditto. New duvet, two duvet covers, so he will have no excuse for not changing it. Two sheets and pillowcases, ditto. Two bath towels, two hand towels, slippers. He never wears them at home, but it will be different in lodgings. Pyjamas, ditto. New toothbrush, bottle opener, tin opener and recipe book. Cheap and tasty, meals for hungry students. I can get the rest, like food, toothpaste and washing up liquid, closer to the date. Or I might suggest that Brian provides some of it. Adam is his son too, after all. 21st of August. Pippa took me to the library today. She wanted to see Barry's photo. Oh, he has a nice face, she said. Trustworthy. Hmm, yes, he'll do to practice on. Practice on? You've got to kiss a lot of frogs, you know. Daphne nodded knowingly. Do I have to? Couldn't I just wait for my prince? You could be waiting forever, Daphne sighed. But he's so keen, I said. He must be desperate. But that's good, Pippa said. It means he won't be too fussy. Between the three of us, we composed an email, agreeing that I would meet up with him when I got back from holiday. Pippa suggested the name of a pub, which Barry knew, so it's all set up. A week in Tenby, followed by a date. Who said I should get a life? 25th of August, Bank Holiday Monday. Mum and Dad's caravan in Tenby. Already the days are blurring into each other. Dad has never been able to get out of the habit of getting up at seven o'clock. I hear him whispering every morning, Eunice, are you awake? Do you want a cup of tea? Of course I'm awake. I've been awake for hours. You know I can't sleep these days. You were snoring five minutes ago. Honestly, Bill, if you can't tell the difference between snoring and breathing deeply, I hope I never have to rely on you in a crisis. Now stop rabbiting and go and put the kettle on. After breakfast, Dad reads the newspaper, Mum watches television and I shower. Then we all get in the car. Bill, is that door shut properly? Did you lock the caravan? Have you got the key? Alison, put your seatbelt on. While they're staying at the caravan, Mum and Dad normally spend their time sitting in the sun, or more often in the caravan in the rain. This is West Wales, after all. But they feel obliged to take me down memory lane. Today we ended up in one of the parks. Ah, Mum said, smiling sentimentally as we walked round it. That's where you dropped Geoffrey on his head. Are you sure, Mum? Oh, yes, this bit of town hasn't changed at all in 40 years. No, I meant, are you sure it wasn't the other way round? Geoffrey dropping me? Only it seems he's the one who's made a success of his life and I'm the failure. They both looked at me. Oh, Alice, love, Dad said. How could you ever think you're a failure? Your mum and I are very proud of you. Isn't that right, Eunice? Of course it is. Honestly, Alison, what nonsense you do talk. You're getting as bad as your father. Now look, there's that thing in me. You used to love to go on that, do you remember? Later, when Mum was getting tea and Dad and I were sitting in deck chairs outside the caravan, he said, Why do you think you're a failure, love? Oh, don't worry, Dad, I was just being silly. No, come on, tell your old Dad. I might not be your mother, 
although maybe that's a good thing. But I'd like to think you can still talk to me. OK, I'm 50, divorced and working in a silly little office job. Not really much of an achievement, is it? What about Adam and Chloe? Don't you think raising two fine, caring, intelligent children is an achievement? You shouldn't be proud of them. Oh, I am, Dad. Seems to me that regarding yourself as a failure is putting them down too. They are who they are because of you and Brian. I must have flinched because Dad said, You can't deny the part he's played, but a dad's role is never as influencing as a mother's. I know that, and I don't mind that's the way it should be. If men were solely responsible for bringing up children, the world would be in an even sorrier state. And then there's your mum and great-aunt Millie. Your mum relies on you more than she realises, you know. You're never too busy to find time to help them. But too busy to clean my cupboards. I'd be ashamed to call you my daughter if cupboards were your highest priority. I laughed. Have you looked inside Trisha's cupboards? I bet they're sparkling. Trisha has a tidy house and an empty mind that she fills with bleach and polish. That's very perceptive of you, Dad. You'd be surprised what goes on in this old head of mine. It's not that old. You've got plenty of thinking to do yet. Just then Mum called out. Come on in, tea's on the table and you both need to wash your hands and Bill, you can open the wine. I got up and kissed Dad. He took my hand and said, And do you know something else, Alice? Even if you'd never had the children, if you'd spent your life doing nothing but housework and just being you, your mum and I would still love you and still be proud of you. You're a grand girl, and I wouldn't want anyone else for a daughter. I had a sudden urge to climb on his lap as I did as a child and be cuddled. Later on we went down to the clubhouse where Matt Dimple and the Dimplettes were playing. Watching mum and dad quick step round the dance floor just like they always did, I got quite sentimental for the old days, when the most difficult decision I had to make was whether to have strawberry or pineapple mivy. When they came back to our table, and Dad had got his second wind, he said, Come on, Alice, your turn. Oh, no, Dad, you can't have forgotten I can't dance. We'll do what we used to do when you were little then, do you remember? Of course I remembered. Don't be silly, Bill. Alison will break your feet if she stands on them. Thanks, Mum. Oh, you know what I mean. I did. I weighed slightly more, probably double at least, than I did when I used to stand on Dad's feet to be carried round the dance floor. Well, if you don't want to dance with an old man, I'll understand. He shrugged and went to sit down. I laughed. OK, but on your own feet, be it mind. We got to the end of the song, and I'd only stood on his toes four, or maybe six times. It was a waltz, and I knew the basics at least. The odd seconds when I allowed myself to go with the music and be led by Dad were wonderful. I felt like Ginger Rogers being accompanied by Fred Astaire. Back in the caravan, Mum got out the playing cards. Right, who's for rummy? It was just like the old days, except this time Dad didn't let me win.